Well, turn please this evening to the book of Proverbs, the, uh, what is it, the fourth chapter? Proverbs 4, are you there? We have been on Friday nights ministering on the subject of the wisdom of God. And we're excited about it. I am, and you are too. We're excited about the wisdom of God because we see how precious it is and we see how attainable it is. In Proverbs 4 and verse 5, Proverbs 4, 5 says, what? Get wisdom and get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she'll preserve you. Love her, wisdom, and she'll keep you. And wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, what? Get wisdom. And with all your getting, get understanding. What's the recurring theme here? Get it. Get, who's the understood subject? You. You get it. So then is this something we're waiting on the Lord for? He didn't say wait for wisdom and wait for understanding because it's the main thing. But wait on me and with your waiting, I'll do it. No, no. What did he say? Well, he wouldn't tell us to get it if it wasn't ready. You know, when do they ring the dinner bell? When does mama come to the back door and go, come and get it? Not when it's not ready. So when he's telling us, come and get it, what does that mean? It's ready. It's It's here. It's here. We don't have to try to climb the highest mountain and, and cross the ocean and beg and beg and wait and see if God would give us some wisdom. Obviously, wisdom is available to us, but obviously it's up to us to lay hold of it, procure it, take advantage of it. Is that right? And we've noticed a number of things already in this. We saw that wisdom cries in the streets to the simple and the foolish Uh and says, hey, dummy, (laughs) hey, here I am. I'm ready for you. Come and get me. Cries for simpletons. And uh, what else did it tell us? That we must cry for it and be hungry for it. And desire it. And reach for and get our wisdom. Now we talked about how to do that. We talked about how to get it. And we talked about how that we must watch the words of our mouth. How important they are. We talked about how we've got to be teachable. You know, God will give you something, but you got to receive it. And so much wisdom comes in the area of being corrected, even being reproved, even being rebuked. And we looked at numerous scriptures that if you won't receive correction, you're a fool. And if you, you know, you won't take a reproval or a rebuke. So you got to be teachable. You got to be a correctable. We went in detail about how that if you walk with the wise, you'll be wise. Who you hang with makes a huge difference. We talked about the counsel of God and the counsel of the godly 
and the counsel of the ungodly. And we saw that there is not only a godly wisdom, but James talks about a devilish wisdom. A devilish wisdom. And we talked about that, got into all these things. We talked about the wisdom of Daniel. <laughs> and there's a lot of good things in there. So, you know, not you can talk about wisdom, but we have an open window to watch Daniel operate in it. And there's so much to learn there. And we talked about the wisdom of Solomon. But did you know that Solomon and Daniel are not the wisest men in the Bible? Paul is exceedingly wise. And what about Jesus? The master, you understand what I'm talking about? Well, there's a whole study in those things. But we began last week talking about, or we continued and began on a new part of it, talking about wisdom and riches. And uh, there's no coincidence that the wisest man in the Old Testament was also the richest. They go together. And uh, let's look at more scriptures we'll review just a little bit and then we'll go further now on wisdom and riches. Back up to the third chapter of Proverbs, please. Proverbs 3. And notice, he's talking about wisdom. Verse 13, happy is the man that finds wisdom. And skip down to verse 16. He says, length of days is in her wisdom's right hand. And in her left hand, what? Riches and honor. When wisdom shows up, she's got something in her hands. Is that right? Now, you know, this is figurative. But this, in other words, it's just a way of saying and drawing us a picture that when wisdom comes, it comes with longevity and prosperity. Well, just think about it. If you lived and walked in the wisdom of God all your life, would you die before your time? Would you wear out before your time? No, through the wisdom of God, you'd attain your full length of days. Well, if you walked in the wisdom of God all your days, would you squander and waste your resources and suffer and be in lack because of it? Or would you make good decisions? Right? And not waste, but good investments and increase. Can you see this now? See, the church has been lied to. We got into this some a while back in talking about being redeemed from the curse. But there's a whole lot of folks that believe that if you really obey God, it ain't going to go well for you. Hmm? They believe that. Man, if you really obey God, then the devil's got your number. And everything's going to go wrong and you're going to be broke and you're going to be sick and you're going to be knocked down, knocked down, knocked down. But you can try to comfort yourself because you know the devil just singling you out because you obeying God so well. That sounds to me like being cursed. Do we get cursed for obeying God? Or are we blessed? You see what I'm talking about now? People, they make up all kind of excuses as to why things don't go well. But here the Bible says, 
When wisdom comes, what's in the left hand? Read it for me. What? What's in the right hand? Length of days. Well, is it God's will for us to live foolishly? As a fool or in the wisdom of God? Well, if it's his will for us to live in the wisdom of God, and when you walk in wisdom, you also walk in in longevity and prosperity, it's got to be the will of God for you to live long and prosper. Huh? And this was in here a long time before Star Trek. Wasn't it? How are you going to live long and prosper? By getting and living in, walking in the wisdom of God. And it's not just up to the Lord. Now he told us, get it. So you need to say out loud, I'm going to get mine. I'm getting mine. Then as you do, what's going to happen to you? You're going to live a long time. Right? The Lord tarries is coming. You'll live a long time. And riches. See, there's a lot of Christians who don't even like that word. Do they? I had a fellow meet me out in the parking lot one time years ago. I thought he was going to take a swing at me. He was so mad. He was fit to be tied. Why? Because I used the word rich. I kept saying rich in my message. That God wanted you to be rich. Yeah. Man, you'd have thought I was cussing. As far as he was concerned, he said, no, no, that ain't right. He said, money's the root of all evil. I said, no. I said, brother, you need to read your Bible. That made him matter. <laughs> he said, no, ain't all that emphasis on being rich. He said, that ain't right. I said, which verse didn't you like? And I reminded him of what it was. You know, God gives us all things richly to enjoy. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might be rich. And I just kept quoting them to him like that. Well, I didn't write those. R-I-C-H is a Bible word. Isn't it? But people have actually, they have a false religious traditional pride about being poor. And that some way or another, it makes you holier. And you're separate from the world and you don't want to be rich. Well, you don't want to be rich, do you, Brother Keith? Absolutely. Rich, 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 rich. Because the richer I am, the more I can do. Instead of buying one truck and trailer, we could have bought ten. Instead of sending a few thousand and a few tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, could have sent millions. 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 What if you had ten million in your account right now? Well, you'll never get it with all this false spirituality and false humility about how holy and because well you know I don't have anything but I serve the Lord and I'm not distracted by all that stuff no you must become aggressive 
in your spirit and sow your seed. And believe for a big harvest. Not be moved by where you are right now and stay after it. Year after year and year after year. Until you become a channel for substantial resources to flow. Glory to God. Brother Jeff sent me a note. He said, y'all were the first to respond. Made me feel good. How about you? Glory. Well, how many know that it's a drop in the bucket? It's a drop. And there are churches and there are ministries and there are things to do and folks to help. And our life is short and our time is short. And we ought not be crippled and hindered by lack of resources. Couldn't be the will of God. So, wisdom is a key. And with wisdom comes long life and riches. Said out loud, riches. 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 And honor. Now, go to the 13th chapter of Proverbs. Let's go further into this. Proverbs 13. Can you see... How we are in such an infancy part of this. Can you tell. As I'm teaching and preaching. I keep feeling the need. To just try to exhort. God wants you to prosper. Why? Because we got masses of folks. That are not even convinced of that yet. You can't get out of first grade. Go to second grade. Till you get out of first. And if you're not even convinced it's God's will for you to prosper, how can he talk to you about wisdom for all these things and taking you all? See, we are Ned in the first reader in all this. We're first grade or kindergarten. And, uh, you know, we will be making more progress when you can tell. And I'm get to preaching on this and, I, and you never see me stop and exhort about God wanting you to prosper because everybody knows it. Everybody's fully persuaded. Right? You ain't got to tell us. You ain't got to talk to us about it. It's just let's do it more. See, I don't have to exhort you half the night that it's God's will for you to be born again. Right? You don't see us having to camp on that, work on that, work. Why? Because that has been preached. That has been preached widely for centuries. But this, God wants you to prosper financially and materially, has not been preached. In fact, the opposite's been preached. So the faith is not there. And with many folks, same thing with healing. But it's true anyway. I said it's true anyway. Aren't you glad it's true? Proverbs 13, are you there? 13, 20. He that walks with wise men, what will happen to him? Shall be. That's as strong as you can say it. Didn't say once in a while it happens. What? Shall be. be. So do you need to stay hooked with those that God hooks you with? And if you do, can you count on results? Shall be wise. But a companion of fools shall be, same, just as strong, shall be. Destroyed. Does it make any difference who you run with? Huge. He goes on to say, evil pursues sinners, but to the righteous good will be repaid. A good man leaves an inheritance 
to his children's children. Is it the will of God, if the Lord tears his coming, that your grandkids, as when they're old enough to go to school and old enough to go to college and old enough to get married, even if you're already in heaven, they call your name and say, thank you, Papa. Thank you, Mama. Thank you, Grandpa. Why? Because you left them a bunch of money. Is that the will of God? Do most Christians think like this? No. Is it Bible? Verse 23. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> you can just feel people in the place going, Well, brother Keith, I wish it was that way, but it just ain't that way. Well, it can change. It can change quickly if you quit making excuses. Start believing God. Well, Brother Keith, I'm retired. Oh, oh, well, now if you're retired, then God can't do anything with that. (laughs) Are you breathing? Is God still on the throne? Then it is not too late for this scripture to come to pass in your life. God can do some things quickly. 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 He can move trillions and not even pick up the phone. He's a big God. Now get this, verse 23. Much food is in the tillage of the poor, but there is that is destroyed for want of judgment. Much food in the tillage of the poor. The English says unused fields could yield plenty of food for the poor. But unjust men, he says, keeps them from being farmed. For lack of justice, there is waste, the New King James says. People are poor. And broke. Not for want of money and stuff. There is more than enough money on this planet for every man and woman and young person to be rich, rich, rich. There's more than enough food, more than enough clothes and resources for houses and education. You know, The devil tries to lie that we're running out of everything. Running out of everything. There's too many people and not enough stuff. That is a lie. It's a huge lie. God did not create a planet that couldn't sustain a few billion. We are barely, barely using the resources of this planet. You say, oh, Brother Keith, I don't know about Listen. Soon and very soon, God's going to redo this thing and there's going to be no more sea. Lots of new real estate. Lots. Seeing this, how most of the planet's covered with water right now. So I said, what are you saying, Brother Keith? I'm saying he's barely using the planet right now. 
with the people that's on it. He's barely using it. Now, I don't know if you ever leave home, you'll see this. But if you only stay in one little place, especially if you stay in a city, a city of any size, and you're always bumping elbows with people and you're going, oh man, this place is too crowded and we're running out of everything. You ought to fly out west, fly across Canada. You know, look, you can, in a jet, doing four or five hundred miles an hour, you can fly for two hours and not see anybody. At night, not even see any lights on the ground. Problem is, everybody wants to pile up on top of each other in one little place. <laughs> I don't like that. Do you? I, I grew up in the country. <laughs> you know, a lot of city folk, bless their hearts. You know, I love city folk too, but they're so used to congestion. They try to talk to you. They get right up in your face and they talk like this and they talk like this. And I'm wanting to go, whoa, whoa, man, whoa. Because in the country, we talk to each other across the line fence. <laughs> you know, far from here to the middle of the back, you know, you talk. And, How y'all doing? Y'all doing good? Elbow room. <laughs> y'all like space? I like space. I don't like little bitty anything. God's got space. This planet's got space. It is not. Now, if you think this ain't right, friend, think about it and search it out till you get this settled. People are not poor and even dying for lack because there's no resources on the planet. There is plenty. Oh, there's. Do you understand how many thousand metric tons of bananas fall off the trees in the jungles that the monkeys can't eat. (laughs) Do you know how many fish are in the ocean? I mean, but the devil tries to get you this little bitty fishbowl thing and that's all you see. And boy, running out of everything, running out of everything. And there's just not enough to go around. There's just not enough. And there sure ain't enough money. Ooh, ain't enough money. That's a lie. It's a big, there is so much money. (laughs) Help me to get this out, Lord. There's so much money. Are you kidding? There's money by the billions and trillions unclaimed sitting in storage places. There's so much money. There is so much money and stuff. We could all have so much money and stuff, it'd be tough to keep up with it. Every person on the planet still wouldn't get into the resources of this planet. So then why are so many people in lack? Right here. Want of judgment. Lack of wisdom. Resources not utilized. Not used properly. Go to the 21st chapter. Proverbs 21. 20. 21, 20. There is treasure to be desired. And oil in the dwelling of the wise. A wise man, woman has got stuff in their house. 
and nice stuff. And plenty of it. But a foolish man, what? Spends it up. A, uh, the Amplified says, there are precious treasures and oil in the dwelling of the wise. Of course, oil in those days was just like money, just like cash. But a self-confident and foolish man swallows it up and wastes it. Everybody say wastes it. Wastes it. The New King James says squanders it. Squanders it. The New Living says the wise have wealth and luxury. Are there any wise people in here? Wealth and luxury. Does that sound strange to you? Does it sound foreign? The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Fools spend whatever they get. Y'all don't quit me now. Stay with me. Now, if we paint your picture tonight, just look straight ahead and go, amen, Brother Keith, somebody needs to hear that. Just look straight ahead. And then if you need to go home, fall across the bed and repent, do it there privately. But this applies to all of us in varying degrees. The English says, wise people live in wealth and luxury. But stupid people spend their money as fast as they get it. It comes in. They spend it. If they got it, it's payday, it's time to spend. That money is burning a hole in their pocket. I got money, I got to spend it. That is stupid. I've done it. Ain't no need in you raising your hands. I know you've done it too. I got money, so whoo, here we go. Party while you can. Wise people, now you might want to write this down. Wise people are willing to sacrifice today for tomorrow. Fools are willing to sacrifice tomorrow for today. Fools just say, hey. Eat, drink, be merry, because tomorrow we may be dead. You know, who knows about tomorrow? So, it may cost me tomorrow, but I'm going to live today. That's a fool. A wise person is willing, if need be, to make some sacrifices today. But see, that's faith, isn't it? Because it's believing there's coming a day. And coming a blessed tomorrow. And coming a harvest. Fools and those who have no faith. They say man you better grab it while you can. Because you just never know. <laughs> Let me share something with you here too. People sometimes they get so morbid. About something that didn't happen. You know what if I miss something. And I didn't get to do it. Or, or I didn't get to do it with somebody. I know when my dad went home. The Lord really ministered to me. I'm telling you, 
if he lets me sometime, I'll tell you some of the things he showed me and told me. Uh, I was grieving. And the way it happened, some of the things bothered me. Uh, but I'm telling you, what was it, about a month, I guess, afterwards, the Lord ministered to me one night. And I'm telling you, that next morning, there was no grief left. I'm telling you, he showed me some things and he ministered to me in some ways that uh, I don't think like I used to. One thing he said to me, he said, heaven's not real enough to you. And I realized with so many people, that's just that, you know, it's not real enough. And and I was thinking about things that, uh, you know, that I did, I wanted to do with my dad and I didn't get to do. He said, who said you didn't get to do them? <laughs> it's not over. See, why don't we think right? People get so pitiful and go, I never got to tell them. Well, tell them later. Are you with me now? But they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. For, no, they're not. They moved. They're relocated. They're not gone. They're not lost. They still exist. They're just as real as you. You see what I'm saying? Heaven's not real to people. God's not real to people like he should be. The reality of spiritual things is not where it should be. And... Uh, and the, he helped me to see that some things that, you know, I thought we really wanted to do, we still could do later on. And other things he said, oh, son, he said, uh, when you get here, you won't care anymore about that. <laughs> you know, some of the stuff that we think is such a big deal. He said, oh, you know, that's going to just, you won't even think about it. It's like because of what you can do now. The stuff that's available to do now, that other little piddly stuff that you thought you missed and cried and felt so bad about is just. Not worth even thinking about. How'd I get into all that? Do y'all remember? Faith. The reason I was saying that is people say, well, I got to grab it now while I can. Because what if, you know, something happened and I didn't get to do it? You either still will get to do it later or you won't care. So for you to get in fear about, well, man, I gotta try to do it now. I gotta try to buy it now. Cause what if something happened and I didn't get to do it? Well, see, that's fear. I said, that's fear. That's not faith. And that fear and foolishness go together. Being led by fear, you're going to do some foolish, dumb stuff. And what you'll do is you'll sacrifice your tomorrows for much, much less today. Don't be moved by fear. Did y'all get what we just said just then? Did you? Then if you get this, it'll just take things off of you. Well, I, I don't feel like it's right, but I, you know, what if my mom or my dad goes before this? Or, you know, I, this is not what I wanted to do, but I'll just hurry up and do this little thing because what if something happens before I can do what I want to do? You're being led by fear. There's no faith in that. Well, we wanted to take a vacation. We want to do this together. And, and what if we... Let me tell you what you do. This is how you live today so that you have no regrets tomorrow. When the Lord deals with you to do something, that thing you do not put off. Are you with me? You do that. 
But other things that you just like to do and want to do, don't get hung up over that. The things he deals with you to do, act on them. Do it. And if you do that day in, day out, you will have no regrets tomorrow. No matter what happens with whom and when and how. Uh, he said wise people live in wealth and luxury, but stupid people spend their money as fast as they get it. Did you know that there are a number of people whom they started off with less than what we did, you and me? And the less money than what has come through our hands in days past, they took less money than what has already gone through our hands and are very rich right now. Because they did something different with it than what you did or I did. Are y'all with me? Some people like it, some people don't. But it's a fact. I told you last week about one of Brother Hagin's partners that took $50 and a set of tapes on how to be led by the Spirit. And over the course of years, turned it into hundreds and hundreds of millions. Well, have you ever had $50? Could you get a set of tapes? Now, what people try to say, well, now, but Brother Keith, that's just not necessarily God's will for everybody like that. Well, that's an easy way out. Isn't it? That's real convenient. That means no matter what happens or doesn't happen in your life, it's not my fault. Because the Lord just saw fit to make me medium. 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 That's my lot, and I just have to be happy with it. Fooey. Big fooey. <laughs> no. No. God gives us opportunities. We all got the same number of hours in a day. Some people use those hours wisely. Some people are foolishly blowing them on nothing. Right? Money comes through people's hands. Opportunities. Revelation. Every area of life. It's what you do with it. Some people are more wise with what they have. And so they increase. And they prosper. And they succeed. While others... Very foolishly squander it. Or as we'd say, waste it. That's what the word means. Waste. Waste. Now, go with me to the 27th chapter of Proverbs. He said a foolish man wastes it. Or squanders it. Proverbs 27, are you there? 27. And 23. Y'all need to help me just a little bit more. (laughs) I'm not talking about being vocal. I'm just talking about being with me. Instead of being reluctant. Do you want to hear this or not? Or would you rather believe excuses? See, the world is full of, and all kind of churches, organized churches are full of people who like what I call no-fault religion. No matter what happens, it's not my fault. No matter what doesn't happen, 
It's not my fault. God, in his sovereignty, saw fit to or didn't see fit to. And who can understand the mysterious ways of God? And you just never know. You just never know. Which we have established around here is not a scripture. It's not a verse. But see, people like that. They like to come and have their preachers tell them that we just can't understand God and we just don't know and it's not up to us. And that means you have no responsibility for anything. You can be just as lazy. Blame God for everything. Very convenient. I mean, understand, millions upon millions, this is what they believe. But it's not Bible, it's not true. I said it's not. The Bible says don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. That's why he gave us this book. Not so you'd just never know. So you'd find out and know. And he said, here it is, boy. Here's your wisdom. Here's your understanding. Here's your knowledge. Here's your faith. Get it. Get it. Here's some seed. Here's some opportunity. Here's some days of life. Get with it. Do something with it. Remember the parable of the talents? Hmm? What about the man didn't do anything with what he had? Did his increase? Did he multiply? Did he prosper? Of course, the Lord understood. He looked at him and said, well, God ministered that to you and God saw fit to and you just never know. So we all understand. No, no. He was angry. He said, why didn't you do something with what I gave you? You could have at least invested it and got some interest off of it. Does God expect a return on his investment? Does he expect you and I to do something with our days and our money to get up and to get his wisdom and to prosper? Multiply it. Increase it. Grow it. He expects it. And right now, it is being determined who is going to rule over what in the world to come. And all the folk who just sat by and sang kumbaya and loved to quote, you just never know, they will not be over the big stuff. They won't be. Well, look at this now. Before I go further, do you agree, are we on the same page here? That other people took less money than has already gone through your hands and are very, very rich today. Has it happened? Yeah. Could you be in a different place right now financially? Could I? If we had done some things differently. Yeah. So it's not God saying, no, 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 I got to keep you here. I don't want you any richer than that. No. No, it's people being foolish. You know, I, I, the Lord's blessed me with some stuff. I got some toys and motorcycles and boats and cars and stuff. And a fellow one time asked me, he said, you know, 
you know, I don't think it's right for you to have a car like that. It was a new Corvette convertible. This was back in early 80s. And uh, I told him, I said, well, I said, let me suggest something here to you. I said, let's just take a couple of things. I said, for one thing, I don't smoke. How much does a pack of cigarettes cost? Huh? Three or four dollars? Three dollars? If you had a pack a day habit, three times three sixty-five, what is that? Thousand a year? You could buy you something with that. Just for not smoking. Well, I told him I don't drink. You see where I'm going? Now this stuff begins to add up. Uh, how much is a fifth of whiskey? <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> I figured that was coming. <laughs> Maybe you got a relative. You know? That told you one time. (laughs) I don't have an idea. Five dollars? Ten? Twenty? Twenty dollars? Let's say you had a real habit. You go through a fifth a day? Or half a fifth? I don't know. Could you drink up $10 alcohol a day? I think that'd be easy, don't you? Now, you go into some of these bars and stuff. I mean, some of these drinks. I mean, you'd run up a tab, right? Well, let's just say you're knocking back $10 just conservative. $10 a day drinking alcohol. How much is that? Okay, so we're up to, you know, four or five, let's say 5000 and really, this is conservative because, you know, you're going to go out on the town and, and hit the bars. Man, you're going to spend a lot more money than that. You probably spend more than that just drinking beer. You know what I mean? I'm talking about hard stuff. So, so you're five grand. You're five grand. You could buy something with that. That's in a year. I said, you know, I don't use drugs. I don't shoot anything. I don't snort anything. I don't take any pills. What would a drug habit cost? Huh? How much a day? People could go through $1,000 a day? $500 a day conservative? Huh? How much is that? $185,000 a year. $182,000 just for not doing drugs. And not drinking and smoking. 182,000. Could you buy you a new car? Just for not drinking and smoking and doing drugs? We're just getting started here. Did you know it? Because you live that kind of lifestyle and you could wind up getting divorced. You wind up wrecking your car. You wind up in court. Legal fees. You wind up in the doctor's office with problems you shouldn't have. And procedures, how much does that cost you? You could easily, easily be up to two or three hundred grand a year if a person made that much. 
Are you with me now? There is no wisdom in sin. A wise per if you approached sin just from a wisdom standpoint, maybe you want to do it, your body wants to do it, your mind, your eyes want to do it, but if you had enough wisdom, you'd stop and say, no, wait a minute. Before I do this, what's it going to cost me? And if you could really look down the road and wisdom can and see where it's going to take you, no matter how bad you'd want to do it, if you're really wise, you'd go, nah. It ain't worth that. No. No. Now let's just stop right here. Let's say you're blowing a couple of hundred grand a year on a sinful lifestyle. Let's take half of that instead of blowing it on sin and let's put it in the kingdom of God. Let's take the other hundred grand and invest it in some really good natural investments. Every year. For 20 years. Do you see this now? I said. Other people have had less money. To start with. And less money. To work with. Than what has already come through your hands. And are very very wealthy and powerful right now. And there are people that lived an ungodly lifestyle. Man, they have made fortunes and blowed fortunes times over. They make it and blow it and make it and blow it. Do you understand what I'm talking about now? It's a matter of, now don't get sad about this. (laughs) Because God will deliver you from your drug habit. Won't he? Your alcohol habit. You foolish, sinful lifestyle. It's called getting saved. (laughs) It's called getting saved. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Get in a good church. Quit all that. Quit wasting your resources. Start tithing and investing in the kingdom. And start learning how to pray and hear from God. And invest in natural things when and where he tells you. By the wisdom of God. And what's going to happen as the years go by. You're going to prosper. You're going to come up. Can you say amen? Amen. (laughs) Some of you are going to have to think about that some more. I can see right now. But I was telling that guy. I said just by me. You know I could buy a new Corvette every year. Just for not drinking and doing drugs. I said why don't people think that way? Well, the devil doesn't want you to think that way. He wants you to be stupid. He wants you to get paid and he wants you to run out and drink it up and snort it up and blow it so that you are sick and broke and depressed and miserable and want to kill yourself pretty quick. That's what he wants. But God wants you to prosper and thrive. He wants you to be brilliant in your mind, strong and healthy in your body, rich, rich in the material things of this world. When people look at you and they go, wow, how did you do this? And you tell them, God and the goodness of God leads the people, hallelujah, to repentance. They want a God that will heal them and help them and deliver them. 
But God's been lied on. They've been told by people from the pulpit and by people over the TV and radio that God, you know, might make you sick. He might destroy your house with a hurricane. He might put cancer on your baby. He might do some stuff, but you just have to trust him. And you probably won't have anything now, but in the sweet by and by, well, they don't feel very motivated to come join your flock. (laughs) They want some help. They want to come out, not go down. Now, Proverbs 27, 23, he said, be thou diligent. To know the state of your flocks. And look well to your herds. For riches are not forever. And does the crown endure to every generation? Is wealth secure to every generation? Or can one generation make it and the next one blow it? Verse 23, how can you keep that from happening? You've got to stay on top of it. You've got to be diligent to know the state of your stuff. And you've got to look well to your operations and your stuff. So many so-called faith people don't do this. They call it living by faith and it's flying by the seat of your pants. Did you know a whole lot of people, the so-called faith people, if you asked them, they stand up and say, yeah, glory to God, debts are being reduced, debts are being eliminated. If you said, okay, how much do you owe? They hadn't got a clue. They don't want to know. They're scared to find out. Their stuff is such a mess, such a jumbled mess. They don't know what's in the bank. They hope that check's going to clear. How many know that's a bad witness? A bad witness. You hollering about faith and God prospering you and your check bounces. Well, I'm just writing it by faith. No, you're not. You don't know what faith is. I'm just writing it by faith. Just believing God will get the money in there in time. No, you are not. You're breaking the law. And they'll put you in jail. For that? No, that's not faith. It's got nothing to do with faith. Well, I just don't know, brother, but I just let the Lord take care of all that. Well, if he is, he's got it in a mess. (laughs) We look at your stuff and you go, well, I'm just the Lord takes care of all my stuff. I just can't believe that the Lord got that in a mess like that. Well, it was the devil. It was the devil. The devil, I tell you, he come in. Ooh, and he messed my, the devil's attacking my finances. He he just laughed. Why, you messed yourself up. Foolishness. Remember, we just got through reading, the fool spends what they get. I mean, they spend it as quick as it comes in. They spend it. And they don't know what's coming. And they don't know what's going Friend, if you've been living in this kind of limbo and false faith, you go home. And tomorrow morning, you get out all your stuff. You make, I don't care how unpleasant it is, you make yourself look at the dumb stuff you have done. 
Did you hear me? Every debt, every interest rate, every payment, every payoff, you look at it. I just make me cry, brother. <laughs> well, cry and then get in faith. You are not in faith sticking your head in the sand like an ostrich. Pretending you don't have any problems. Now here's why people get in such a mess. And you know one way I know some of these things? Because I have uh, made some mistakes myself. Proverbs 28, 27, excuse me, verse 23. What are you supposed to do? Be diligent. Be diligent. Get after it. Stay with it. No. Hmm? Because this is happening all through the church. Where somebody calls somebody else and says, what do you owe on that? What's your payment? Mm-hmm. Now, what's the payoff on all that stuff? Right. And if you go, uh, I don't know. Uh, well, that's not a sign that you're in faith. Faith person's ready. Are you with me now? Faith person's ready. Faith person knows what they're believing for. They know what they got their faith on. They're not shocked and surprised. They're expecting it. They're ready. Be diligent to know. And you got to find out before you would know. And then you got to keep up with it because it's changing. And look well to your stuff. Because riches are not forever. And does the crown endure to every generation? In other words, it is not just automatically self-sustaining. Yeah. Got to keep up with it. Verse 25. The hay appears. The tender grass shows itself. The herbs of the mountains are gathered. Now get this. The Lord showed me this just last week. The lambs are for your clothing. And the goats are the price of the field. And you'll have goat's milk enough for your food and for the food of your household and for the maintenance of your maidens. They got stuff. They got family. They got house. They got employees. They got all the stock. And he says, you're going to have plenty, plenty for you and all yours. Why? You were diligent. You kept up with your stuff. But now notice, this is what I hadn't seen before. Verse 26. Read that out loud with me. The lambs are for what? Well, then don't blow it on going out to eat. Because it is for what? Clothing. And the goats are what? Well, I sold goats. I got money. I'm going to buy me a new chariot. We're having fun tonight, aren't we? No, because the goats are what? They're so you can buy a field. But do you understand? Wisdom knows what to do with this. Fools don't. Fools take money that they should have bought the baby some food with and go snort it up their nose. It wasn't drug money. It was feed the baby money. Are y'all with me now? Fools take pay the rent money and go have a night out on the town. 
and buy theirself a new outfit because they've worked so hard all week and they feel like they need a treat. And that's, you know, I need something to help me feel good about myself. No, you need to pay the rent. We're talking about being a fool. Now see, this is the one of the biggest areas where folk are in such a mess and they want to cry and they want to talk about how bad it is, but the deal is they don't want you to know what they've been doing for the last five years. Especially Christians now, Christians that come in, especially Christians that tithe and sow, God brought the money. He brought it in, he brought, he brought the work, he brought the job, he brought the money, and it was money to do this with, and money to do that, and money to sow, and money to invest, but people took it and they wasted it on stuff not being led, yielding to your flesh. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> I think all of us have been there. Phyllis and I, boy, we made some mistakes. In the beginning of our walk with the Lord, we got our finances in such a mess. Oh, did everything you wasn't supposed to do. And we begin to learn about prosperity. We begin to tithe and we begin to sow. And man, it began to come in then. I mean, we, you know, we begin to make some money. So we thought, hey, Time to spend some money. <laughs> so we spent. Got behind on our taxes. Got behind on our sewing. Hmm? Got in a mess. Got in a bind. Got behind. Got under pressure. Well, who put us there? Is God teaching us something? Well, I know it. The devil, because we're serving God. The devil. Well, see, people like that better than me being a fool. Don't they? That's much better. Yeah, it's the devil. Yeah, yeah, the devil, the devil. Sorry, devil. He's messed up my finances and Made me go to the mall and <laughs> made me overextend my credit card. Sorry, devil. Made me go to that expensive restaurant when I was two months behind on my car note. Made me. Sorry, devil. And I reckon God's just trying to show me some humility and teach me, you know. No, that's being a fool. Being a fool. Now what you got to do is do what I did. I come in one day and I was learning and seeing some of these things. I fell on the floor and put my nose in the carpet. I said, God, I've been a fool. You tried to tell me, but no. I had to have it. I had to sign my name for them 800 easy payments. <laughs> I didn't put you first. You tried to show me, but no. I, 
have mercy on a fool. And he did. I said, and he did. I can look back to that time in our life and God began to bring us out. He did some spectacularly supernatural things. You know, I had a fellow come to me and say, you owe money on your taxes? I was embarrassed to tell him. I said, yeah. He said, how much? I sure enough didn't want to tell him that. <laughs> he said, God's dealt with me to send you $1,000 a month till that's paid. That'd make you go back and put your nose back in the carpet. And <laughs> say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Heaven, mercy. But now God is merciful. But now let's just back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. What if we hadn't have done all that? What if we'd have been pumping that money into the kingdom and into good investments? Into the kingdom and into good investments. We'd be rich, rich, rich right now. It's not too late. I said it's not too late. But you've got to discern. When you get paid, God prospers you. Something comes in, you got to discern, what is this for? Read this again. You be diligent to know the state of your flocks. And in that verse, what's the uh, goats for? What was the other? The sheep? Lambs? What are they for? Well, see, it was for something. Well, how do I know what this is for? See, over the years, Phyllis and I are growing in this learning this. Money comes in. Offerings come in. Personal money comes in. But we, you know, like I told you in the beginning, we messed up. We just thought, hey, whoo, got money. Let's go spend. That's being a fool. But a wise person goes, okay, what's this for? Where should this go? How are you going to know? What it's for. The wisdom of God. Because by the wisdom of God. The wise man discerns. Both time. And judgment. And God will show you. This is for this. We had a chunk come in. Just this past week. Personally. Nice chunk. And uh, when it did. Phyllis asked me about it. I said. That's a first fruit. I know what that is. That's a first fruit. That thing is wholly dedicated to the Lord. Because that's the first of income from an area that we hadn't received before. Totally new area. And real nice too. You know, if you don't know, what do you do? If you don't know, and you ask and you still don't know, what do you do? Don't spend it. Put it in your account. Put it in your God account if it's tithes and offerings. Or put it in your account if it's just personal. But don't just do something. Because a lot of times you'll find you won't know. Time will pass. And that's where it takes some control of your flesh. Right? Because you could just run out and do something. And maybe your flesh. Your flesh always wants something. Always. You could get everything in the world. Your flesh still wants something else. Did you know that now? That's what I was about to say. The eyes of man are never satisfied. Lust of the flesh. You, no. But if you will wait on God, he'll show you. This money that we just bought, this truck and trailer, 
That money had been in the More Life Ministries God account for a year. And there are a number of things that had come up and they were good things. But I just didn't have a release. Are y'all with me now? What's it for? What's it for? What's the lambs for? What's the goats for? The wisdom. This is in the Proverbs. This is the book of wisdom. And I knew I had talked to Jeff. And when it came up to me, I didn't say anything though. I thought I need to make sure on this. Because I don't want to take that and do that with it if it's for something else. Are y'all with me now? And this is how we qualify to handle the bigger amounts. Someone says, well, that's you, Brother Keith. You're ahead of a ministry. No, same thing applies to you when you got an extra 20 bucks. Exactly the same thing. The Lord will show you what to do with that 20. And if you do the right thing with it, you qualify for 200. Did you hear me? And you do the right thing with the 200, you qualify for the 2,000 and the 20,000 and the 200,000. But when you stop being wise and you start being flesh-led, well, you're disqualified. And so I, I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me check that. Let me make sure. So a few days passed. And we were talking again. I wanted to hear it again. If something's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. I asked him about it and he brought up the same thing. Well, this time I was already primed and ready to go. I said, order that thing. Order it. We have you checked there tomorrow morning. Well, because we discerned what it was for. Are y'all with me on this now? What that is for. You don't spend a baby's food money on getting drunk. You don't go out to a fancy restaurant and spend the rent money. Are y'all with me now? You don't go incur a new debt when that was money to pay an old one off. Are y'all with me now? Well, Brother Keith, I don't know. Can you tell me what to do? No, no. Nobody can tell you except the one who's inside you and he's already trying to tell you. All you got to do is pay attention, but you got to be willing to put your flesh under. You got to be willing to say, no. I'm not, you know, my flesh wants this right now, but no, no, that's not what this is for. I'm going to put God first. I'm going to do what he says with this, and it won't take long until you'll have three of them. But they won't mean to you what they used to. Putting your flesh under is good for you. I said it's good for you. Good for you. Make that flesh wait. Right? Make it wait. Said, ah, flesh, you do what I say when I say Ah, the man on the inside's the boss around here. Yeah, but I want that new dress. You shut up. Shut up. You'll get the dress when I say you get the dress. <laughs> but I'm ready to move in my house right now. What is the Lord saying? No. You do the right thing with the resources, you can have five houses later. These are the people who get the wisdom of God, who walk in it. And they prosper. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Go ahead and stand up. I've gone long enough. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. 1 Corinthians 4, 
verse 2 said it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. That means trustworthy. Trustworthy. I had something happen. Oh, it must have been 15 years ago at least now. I was believing from our first airplane. And we were putting money together and believing, putting money together. We had about almost half of it, third to half of it, I guess. And a fellow minister called me and asked me to believe and stand with him on a specific deal. And the time had come and went on a financial deal and it should have happened two weeks ago. And I knew he's not asking me for money. I knew it. But I'm checking my heart. I asked the Lord, I said, should I do something? And the Lord ministered to me and said, no, I've already dealt with somebody else. I've already dealt with somebody else on this. I thought, well, okay, I'm just going to stand with him and believe. Well, uh, not much time passed. And one morning the Lord dealt with me, get that money to him now. Wire it to him right now. I thought, whew. That's my airplane money. Now, don't misunderstand me. It wasn't, there were no offerings. It wasn't designated. It was just money that we'd put aside extra. And uh, I thought, well, Lord, I thought you said you dealt with somebody else. And the Lord ministered to me that he had, but they're not obeying him. You know, you don't have to obey. You don't ever have to obey. And that he's got to take care of him. The time has come. He's got to take care of him. So he's calling on me. You do it. Well, we did. And uh, that afternoon, though, something came up in my spirit. Our account's empty. I've got to believe for the rest of this to come in. But uh, I realized I was one of the Lord's go-to guys. Does that make sense to you? That. When something wasn't happening like it was supposed to and as quick as it needed to, he's got people he can go to. If this person won't obey him, he's got people that will obey him. Are you with me on this? And he can trust you. He can count on you. He needs something. He knows you'll do it. Oh, man. It just it went all over me. I realized oh, Phyllis and I are go-to people. I'm one of God's go-to guys. And what happens is he will increase and increase. He'll keep using you and keep using you because he knows you're faithful. He can count on you to do what he directs you to do. Close your eyes. Pray this out loud with me. Father God. It's required in stewards that a person be counted faithful. By your grace, I confess faithfulness. Give me your wisdom. I ask for it. I claim it with my spirit. I lay hold of it and get it. Reveal to me what resources are for. As they come in. 
What this portion is for. What the next portion is for. Show me. Lead me. And by your grace. I'll be faithful. With the resources. And I claim a big harvest. Abundance. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.